The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Carl Carafel, and I am alongside the curator of topics, Mighty Joe. This is Turnbuckle Talk. A little bit somber today on this episode, and rightfully so. July 3rd, the professional wrestling world lost a great competitor a great man, and a great mind for the business in Mr. Del Wicks, the Patriot. It's very fitting, almost, that the end of his time on this earth would be July 3rd, and not July 4th, so that the Patriot himself could have a day that is celebrated for him. And I think that that's whatever you believe in, whatever powers may be, why ever this happened, it definitely happened for the right reason on that day. So we are quite saddened at these events And this is one that hits a little closer to home for myself. Back when I was a competitor within the world of professional wrestling, I wrestled for a company in Upper Michigan. And this company brought in the Patriot. And I was able to work with the Patriot. So the story goes that we're in the back And we're in a battle royal is what we're both planned to be in. 
And the promoter had me going out fifth with the Patriot winning. Now, for those of you that don't know, I wrestled underneath the name the Extreme Canadian Carl Carafel, and I wore everything you can think of that made me look Canadian. My tights were red and white with a maple leaf in the center. If I wore a vest or a jacket or a, or a long coat or anything like that, it had something to do with Canada on it, and I was in the United States. The Patriot was able to see me and come over and talk to me and ask me what number I'm going. So I had to tell him, I'm going out fifth. And he looks me dead in the eye and he goes, no, you're not. And I said, but sir, that's what it says on the board. I'm going out fifth. And he looks me dead in the eye again and says, no, you're not. And then he called out the name of the promoter and at the top of his lungs before the show screams out the promoter's name. The promoter comes running over and goes, what's, what's, what's wrong? What, what's going on? What can I, what can I help you with? What, what's happening? And the Patriot looks at him and goes, when's Carl going out? And the promoter looks over at the board and goes, well, he's going out fifth. And the Patriot looks at him again and says, when is Carl going out? And again, the promoter looks over and goes, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, he, he, he's, be, he's being thrown out fifth. And the Patriot just simply says, you want to make money? No, he's not. Him and I are finishing this battle royal. And I was blown away. That a man who knew me from nothing didn't know me at all, had it within himself to see and understand that Canada and the United States in a little bit of a clash at the end of a battle royal is going to be good for business. And that's exactly what happened. And it was probably one of the greatest moments that I ever had inside of a professional wrestling ring. So for that... We do a tribute to the Patriot. And it's even more fitting that I had received as a Father's Day gift a pro wrestling crate from ProWrestlingTees.com. And within that crate this month, June's, not July's, was a DVD hmm. behind the mask. Hmm. With the Patriot. Nice. Very Still fitting. sealed. I have not opened this yet, so I don't know if I'm going to or not, but it might be awesome to look back on some of these things, uh, some of these matches that are in here. And as given to me to use from my friend Bubba Duke, who you can find at the Boar's Nest on Facebook, he allowed me to have the Patriot over my shoulder for the entirety of this episode. So here we go. Is a photo, an 8x10 of the Patriot, autographed. And that is a collector's item that is going to be cherished by Bubba Duke for eternity now. 
100%. I know that. So thank you, Bubba Duke, for allowing me to use this today to have Dell over my shoulder while we do this podcast. So thankful to, to, to you for that and to the Patriot for everything that he's done, not only within my short career, but for the wrestling community as a whole. Mighty Joe, do you have any memories or anything to add to this little uh, eight-minute <laughs> tribute that we have done so far for the Patriot? Hey, man, uh, I honestly don't mind if this turned into a whole episode-long uh tribute to the Patriot. I would be perfectly cool with that, but we do have some other topics that we want to get to, but we'll see uh, what we can do here. Just for myself, I never got a chance to meet the man. Wish I would have, obviously, knowing what I know now, but just going off of your story, it says a lot about Dell. For him to be at a show like that, he very well could have, and you can make an argument would have been well within his right to have been like, you know what? This show's going to be all about me and that's what it is. But no, yeah. he like went out of his way um, to, in business terms, to put you over um, in a very cool way. Um, that, that says a lot about the man. Um, yeah. You know, in, in doing some research for uh, this uh, episode, because I knew that we were going to be talking about Dell, uh, it, it seems to be somewhat mixed in the community. I mean, I guess like with anybody that there would, there's some people that had heat with him, but from what, what I've seen and what I have heard, um, very little of it seems to be justified. Um, he was one of those guys that from what I've seen, listened to, like I said, leading up to this episode and, he seemed to be somebody that had like all the, the tools needed for success, but it's like, it just didn't necessarily pan out in the long term, as you heard of the music and why it would sound kind of vaguely familiar to you uh, because it was, they, they essentially revamped the Patriot character into Kurt Angle and just slightly altered the, the music. Right. So, um, yeah, one of those things where it's like, the dude had like all the things that you would want. I mean, he had the, he had the look, he, he could work better than a lot of guys, his size. And, um, but yeah, it, it's like I said, it, it's, it's in, in retrospect, it's, it's cool to look back and it was a really well done character. And like I said, the playing off of the, the Canada versus us thing, I, I mean, that that's what, how could you not, and in that scenario, play off of that angle. I mean, it's a feud that you see not only professional wrestling and in real sports. Hell, you see it amongst us here at the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling, or sorry, the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network. I mean, you hear <laughs> Mr. Richard Bronson Vickery talking smack all the time about Canada. We talk smack yep. all the time about the United States. Um, you know, we even managed to turn Michael Jargo our good friend into somewhat fans of Canadians. We're actually his favorite Canadians, uh, <laughs> which, is, right. which is pretty damn cool. So, but yeah, man, it, it's, um, it's unfortunate that he died fairly young. Uh, it, it does look like it was a heart attack, um, yes. you know, in his early fifties and, um, yeah, man, just, it, it's, um, it's a, a sad moment that, um, like I said, that character wise, he was like one of those, the timing of it too. Like it's just happening right around the 4th of July and independence day and just a, a few days before. And yeah, just 
the timing of it and everything just it, yeah i don't know like I, I'm, I'm just kind of rambling to try and find my thoughts here but uh but yeah just a, a sad day because i know that he wasn't like the, the most well-known worldwide but those who did know him it, it seems to be very very positive and uh rest in peace is all i can say Thank you very much to everybody who sat through and listened to this. And I'm glad that you did, because this is something that um, we should all always take a little bit of time out for when somebody within the professional wrestling world passes away. You never know who it's affecting. You never know how someone is affected by it. And um, it's always best just to say rest in peace. And that's it. So thank you very much to everybody who decided to uh, pay a little bit of respects to the Patriot. Yeah. I will say... somebody that... Oh, go ahead. I will say that given that he worked for the WWE before, I was a little disappointed that they didn't do any kind of tribute for him because, I mean, he was somebody who spent some time with the company and they seem to have either just chosen not to or... Or what the deal is, but I've, I haven't seen uh, any kind of video package or anything put together for him, so I was a little bummed out because I would have been more than happy to use it in this program. But uh, for whatever reason, uh, there wasn't one done. Well, we definitely are doing this on a Monday night live at 8 o'clock at night when Raw is on, so who knows? Maybe. They may have done something or may be doing something during Raw. So we'll we'll, cool. we'll, we'll have to see. That would be cool if they decide to do that. Yes. Now, so moving on to something a little bit different here <laughs> that uh, uh, seems to be a little controversial. Uh, some people are are happy about it. Some people are not so happy about it. But um, Zelina Vega returns to the WWE. Now, why is this so weird? Well, <laughs> Zelina Vega and Tommy End are 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 together are they not yep they're they're still they're married they're they're, they're okay. still a couple so yeah they're still together the WWE has released Tommy End or Alistair Black mm-hmm. as as he you may have known him in the WWE and they fired her they fired they, her yes <laughs> they fired Zelina Vega but now they've reneged on that and they have brought her back, and she has returned. Now, people are criticizing this because they're saying, why would you have brought back Zelina Vega when you could very much so have gone to Alistair Black and said, hey, we made a mistake here. How would you like to be able to come back to the company? We'll give you X amount of dollars over X amount of years and whatever, and try to sweeten a little bit of a deal for Alistair Black, who rightfully so seems to be a little bit more of a bigger name than Zelina Vega. Joe, who would you have rathered? Zelina Vega or Alistair Black? <clears throat> for me, it's it's not really a matter of picking between the, the, the two. Like with somewhat like with the Samoa Joe situation, it's like thinking of it from the talent's viewpoint, it's like I, I think I may have used the term the last time as well. It's like taking back a girlfriend that dumped you. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess that you know, there's the rare occasion where people can get back together and things are just hunky dory, fine and dandy, whatever cornball term you want to use. That's what I'm thinking of. I'm just like, I'm like, 
not, not not to take anything away from her coming back. I, I mean, I know she's quite talented in the, in the ring. I don't think people give her, give her the credit that's due. But still, in my mind, I'm like, why, why? <laughs> and just uh, on the company's point of view, you, you had mentioned admitting that they would make a mistake, like especially. In the business act aspect of things, that's something WWE will never do and uh, never make True. make public, right? Because you know, th- then we start delving into you know the back end of the business, right, with the, the stockholders and all that kind of stuff. I mean, with, if you admit to weakness like that, that's a very very bad look when when it comes to the the share and the the trading uh, aspect of the the company, right? Especially when rumors are still running rampant, I guess. That you know the company might still be up for sale. Just it, it's, it's all very mysterious and very unusual and strange to me, Carl. That that, that not only has Samojo been brought back now, but Zelina Vega, like she was, like I said, fired for doing these extracurricular activities. I think it was Twitch and all that kind of stuff. They they didn't like ask her to leave. They 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 told her you're done. Right. So to then bring her back, it's just, it's like, I just don't get it. It's very, it's an unusual move for me. Not like, not just with the WWE, like for any company, especially when you do something that's, that's against policy. (laughs) uh, Typically that means that uh, you're not coming back. Generally, you're right. So it's, but WWE is known to give many, many chances to different people over the years for different things that have been done. I want to just elaborate a little bit more on this comment from our friend Don Lewis. Why not get Black back and her, Zelina Vega, as his manager? Well, I think that what they should have done is kept Alistair Black without releasing him and then allow Zelina Vega to come back as manager that I would have been okay with. But at this point, to bring both of them back and pair them up together in mm. whatever type of, uh, uh, you know, faction type thing you, that you want to do with them, I, I, I really couldn't see that mm. working. Um, just just not. Yeah. I mean, I... That's that's again. That's another comeback. That's that's you know being thrown into the face of the WWE. Um, yeah, and also we have to keep in mind, Zelina Vega was a great manager. She was a great to talker because, you know, Andrade wasn't a good talker. You know, he, he couldn't speak very much English. We have to keep that in the back of our mind. She was great in that capacity. Uh, Tommy and Alice the Black, whatever you want to call him, he's actually a good talker, and he doesn't necessarily need a mouthpiece to talk for him. He's more than capable of doing it for himself. So when you you would have, I think. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Trying, to, I think they would, they would both be trying to kind of get words in, and it just it could come off a little strange. Like I said, Zelina was a good talker for somebody who can't talk for themselves, but not the case with Alistair Black. So, like I said, man, it's it's a, it's a weird lateral move, and I'm just thinking it's like okay, now who else is going to come back? And you know, the ones that get left out, I think are going to be feeling a little bit pissed. I 100 <laughs> percent agree with that. So speaking of people being pissed, <laughs> we know that for the longest time that the WWE had not had anybody in the crowd, nice segue. Nice and segue. that pissed people off greatly. Now we're coming to a time here when the WWE will have live shows and crowds once again. We're wondering, how is the crowd going to react once live shows are back? 
I believe that people are going to be so psyched and so hyped over this that they are are not even going to care what's happening. They're not going to care who's wrestling. They're just going to be so happy to be back in the arenas, having live events, feeling that energy in that atmosphere. They're going to go bananas. Joe, I know that you have been a very vocal person when it comes to non-crowds. At, at at any event going on, your perspective as someone in a live crowd going to a live show, what? How would you feel? How would you perceive all of this? If they come back and they just like pick up where they left off, and it's it's seamless. Great. I think fans should, should react very positively. If I was in the audience, I would be reacting very positively. What my fear is, Carl, is the very first show that the, the, they, they, they decide to do with crowd with a crowd in attendance, my greatest fear is that the show kicks off with Vince McMahon, Stephanie, Shane, and Triple H coming out to the middle of the ring and patting themselves in the back and be like, we're the first ones to come back with an audience that they're going to try try and claim to be that they're the first and that they're doing this wonderful thing for, for the audience. If they do that, we might have a muni on our hands. I think that the fans are going to like boo them out of the arena. Potentially don't do that. Just go back, continue where you left off, keep Vince, keep everybody else out of the ring. Just come back, start, Start with a match. Start with a, with a promo uh, from one of the talents. Just kick off as if you were, we were just continuing from the last week. Don't come out and pat yourselves on the back because people aren't going to dig it. People aren't going to dig it. I am definitely picking up what you're putting down here, but I think what's going to happen is that they're going to come out to the ring and not say that we were the first to do this. They're going to be the ones that is that, that are going to say, we never lost a crowd because yeah, of the yeah. Thunderdome. Yeah. Right? They're going to come out there and pat themselves on the back as the innovators of the Thunderdome, which allowed a live crowd to be there via the internet. Yeah, that is exactly how I see that going. And they're going to start every live event that they go to, every live show that's ha- that happens. Uh, it's either going to be a video package that's played yeah. or they're actually going to be out in the ring. That's... I think we're going to see a lot of uh, self-back pats. What I would rather see, like I said, Vince, Hunter, Shane, Stephanie, stay the hell backstage stands gorilla what you do for the first live show back i can't remember if it's raw or smackdown i really don't care what show it is is if you really want to get that pop of the that audience you drop somebody's music right at the beginning you have them come out and win that crowd over and that somebody can only be one person carl john cena you nailed it brother you nailed it that's how you come back and win the fans back over with them in person that's what you do. You find a way to get him. He doesn't have to do anything in the ring physical. You just, you freaking book John Cena and you have him come out that, get that pop and you win your fans back over with that kind of yeah. moment. That's what you do. 
You don't come out and be like, oh, we're doing this wonderful thing and pat yourselves on the back. It's a bad look. It's a bad look. You come out and get, you still get one of your most over talents who's still arguably more over than most of the guys. And you come out and you get that great pop and that's what you do. And if they do that idea, I want credit for it. (laughs) (laughs) We do know that the WWE has taken a lot of stuff that we have come out with and talked about on this podcast. Are we going to stop talking about this stuff? No, No. we are not because we have good ideas. Clearly, when the WWE, the largest conglomerate in the world, is, I don't know if they're necessarily stealing our ideas (laughs) or if creative had the same ideas or what, but we're on the same wavelength, which is really cool. Speaking of on the same wavelength... We're not on the same wavelength when it comes to this here. Okay. Switching to a two-hour format for Monday Night Raw, do we think that it would help them out of the slump that they're in? Or is it a possibly uh, time for a rebranding of the flagship show? Now, when we talk about rebrand the flagship show, we're not talking rebranding Monday Night Raw. We're talking taking that moniker of flagship show off of Monday Night Raw and putting it on to, well, the only other show is SmackDown. This is a uh, this is a very big one here that lots of people have talked about and lots of people have uh, you know kind of thrown their weight around when it comes to this. I personally do not feel that taking it to two hours is going to save Monday Night Raw at all because already in a three-hour show, we're literally getting about 35 minutes of actual professional wrestling. So now we take this down to a two-hour show. We're going to get two matches, 15 minutes of professional wrestling, and that's it. People aren't going to stand for it. I'm not standing for it. I do not support this at all. I say it is time to rebrand that moniker over to SmackDown, which is doing so much more, so much better. The writers over there seem to be pretty competent enough to ensure that we we're getting professional wrestling. Joe, I know you have a lot to say about this. Please give me your thoughts. It's interesting because one of the number one complaints, even amongst our, our family here with, with love wrestling that we're very happy to be a proud of now with Termuckle talk and Termuckle rewind is that a large reason why, we don't do a, a react show very much for that show is because we don't want to sit through three hours of raw. I get it. Looking at it from the business aspect of things, uh, I think when we uh, posted our episodes, I think maybe on our group page, our friend Michael Jargo actually put a comment you know, that business-wise, not a great move because NBC is expecting a three-hour show and the budgets and everything are allotted for that time frame. So business-wise, they would be everybody would be leaving money on the table. I get that too. But very much like what you just said, we're not seeing enough actual wrestling. So it, it's a tough thing. It's like I've said kind of before, with us kind of riding this middle, 
Like I, I think at some point, Carl, we're going to get to a tipping point in the in the professional wrestling business, especially in WWE, is I think that we're going to have to make that move of either let's go strictly entertainment or let's go with prof- the professional wrestling and really present it as a sport like they do over in New Japan. I think we need to pick a side and then just stick with your gun. Personally, I think that they would probably go with the entertainment aspect, hire a bunch of actors, teach them how to wrestle. That's what it is. Or you appeal to hundreds of millions of sports fans out there and present it more like a sport, which I think would attract more people than just going with strictly the entertainment angle. Just my take. Um, Now, when it comes to rebranding, now, when I, when I mean by that, I mean the name of the show. Calling it Raw still, okay. it is so diluted and so far from what that show initially was, right? It, when Raw first was on the air, it was Raw. It was filmed very Raw. It was like, it wasn't, it's not... Not that it wasn't professional. That's not the word that I'm necessarily the term I'm looking for. Just it, it felt very raw. <laughs> it felt very, very raw. And then, you know, when we started getting into the attitude era, whatnot, it became raw for kind of for another reason. But now it's just like, and people have even told me this so that I've kind of hopped back into watching wrestling and they hop back into watching raw. And people have literally told me, why do they still call the show raw? There's nothing raw about it. It, it, it's it's so far from, from that term. I think that we need to find another word to name that show because, or you just, you need to go back to actually being raw. If that's the case, if you really are stuck on that name, then we need to, to get back to what the show is really about because it's not what it is anymore. Um, I don't think too many people would disagree with me on that, but like I said, man, it, it's, I think that we need to make that decision, entertainment or pro wrestling. And then, we got to change the name of that show because I think that it's evolved also now into a really negative term because raw is the three hour show that nobody wants to watch, call it something else. And then hope that maybe your audience forgets that it's still the same show, just but call it something different. I don't know what you do honestly at this point, but um, I think, I think you got to change the name and make it a little bit more relevant to what the, the program is actually about because it's not raw anymore. It just isn't. And unfortunately, you can't even call it medium rare because it's not even medium rare. <laughs> yeah. It's more like, overcooked. Wow. It's overcooked. Yeah, mm. it definitely is. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's really interesting um, that, you, th- that you even suggest a name change. I think it's uh, especially time. because, I think it's like, sure, you know what? It might be time, yeah. but that's what people know. People know Monday Night Raw. Well, the people now know it for a negative reason, which is where I'm coming from, right? Raw is that three-hour stinker that people are like, ah, I don't want to watch it, right? True, but they need to change that. Yeah. And that should be their focus. Yeah. I think their I'm focus happy- should be changing that product, <laughs> not changing the hey, name. I'm all for that, too. Trust me. E- either make it raw, like actually make it raw on raw, or... I'm saying raw a lot, <laughs> but uh, should you just name the episode raw? But um, but yeah, man, it, it, it's it's a tough thing because, dude, we used to fucking love raw. I had to slightly yeah. censor myself there. We used to love raw, yeah. like especially during that attitude era, which which I know we've said before too. It's 
big part of the reason why we're in the mess that we're in now is because we went so over the top. But, dude, like, Raw used to be awesome. Awesome. Yep. And then it's just, I don't know where that downturn exactly happened, if I could point my finger at a date, but it's, dude, I can't remember the last time I watched Raw. And and I am as as dedicated as a wrestling fan as you can get. And I don't want to subject myself to watching three hours of something I love to watch. <laughs> that's what's turned into. But that, but again, we go back to that's the thing. It's not what you love to watch. Why is it not what you love to watch? Because it's not professional wrestling. Bingo. It is not professional wrestling. There is way too much backstage, way too much talk. They're doing a lot of this, and we need a lot more of this. Okay? Shut up at your mouth. That's what's happening right now. Shut to your mouth. Uh, Shut to your face <laughs> and just be quiet and give us some professional wrestling. And that's what's going to help build back Raw, I believe. Because then we can start getting back to, you know, storylines that are going to make sense. And we can throw in some Raw stuff within these storylines. But we need to actually have those storylines to be able to work with. Whereas right now, we really don't don't have any of that except more entertainment and that's it yeah now i don't think that changing the name of the show is a good idea i think that's very drastic um that would almost be like mcdonald's having to change their name because you know people found out that it was horse meat um you know that they were actually to be fair beef (laughs) to be fair mcdonald's never claimed to be a farmer's market People know it's no, McDonald's, right? So it's not people are walking. Is this a library? No, it's McDonald's. Very true. Very, very true. No, <laughs> like we, I totally. Get I think we all have that totally McDonald's guilt. That. It's like I would never eat at McDonald's. Have you ever run into that person that they were like they, they're like they're like too uppity and they're too good for McDonald's? It's like cool. Yep. McDonald's wouldn't want you because you're a dick. Right? They don't want you. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, McDonald's. Everybody, That's enough talk about McDonald's. They sell hundreds of billions and billions of hamburgers every day. I think a lot of people are lying that they don't eat McDonald's. Everybody eats a McDonald's. Everybody at some point in their life has had a McDonald's burger. Yes, sir. At some point. That calls for a food break. Here's what we're going to do right now. We're going to take a little bit of a commercial break on this episode. We're going to have two commercial breaks this week. You know why? Because I want to get in a couple of amazing things here first. We're talking about professional wrestling and wanting to see professional wrestling. And you know what? This is how you're going to see professional wrestling. Hi, my name is Barry Radcliffe. You might recognize me from such films as The Longest Ride or Dead 2. Now, as a successful actor, I have two planes, a supermodel wife, countless exotic cars, and a ton of cash. You might think it couldn't get any better than this, but you'd be wrong for only $4.99. You could get OVWWrestlingNetwork.com. That's OVWWrestlingNetwork.com for only $4.99. Now, will your life be as good as this? No! Will it be better? Yes, and I guarantee that. That's not valid anywhere. OVWWrestlingNetwork.com is only $4.99. Tomorrow's yesterday is today. Prices so low, they're insane! Angry, but what's up? 
at ovwrestlingnetwork.com. It's only $4.99 a month. In between excitement, me too. ovwrestlingnetwork.com is only $4.99 a month. You get that incredible value. She cost me $17 million and I loved it. Want a real value? ovwrestlingnetwork.com. It's only $4.99. That's a price so low. Well, it's insane. Ah! <laughs> That's right. $4.99 a month is going to get you OVW Wrestling. Uh, some of the greatest professional wrestling on the planet today is happening in OVW. Yes, keep in mind that it is still pretty much an independent promotion, and it looks that way and sometimes sounds that way, but That's it the way is I like great it. professional wrestling. That's the way I like I, it. That's the way I like a good, simple, no bullshit professional wrestling. I dig that, and we even have friends that uh, our friend Michael Melkor is a producer over there, which I'm uh, super uh, um, happy for him. That he's yeah. like, they're still doing that. Mike, they're still Michael going Melkor strong. Is still there. going strong. I mean, we've we've got Al Snow that's there. Uh, you know, we we have got Ryan Howe, who has been the OVW wrestling champion. I've had the opportunity to meet Ryan on a couple of occasions, and he is a- absolutely an amazing guy. Uh, if you're not sure who Ryan Howe is and you're a WWE fan, then I'm sure you have watched the WWE Tough Enough series. And do you remember the guy named Skid Marks? <laughs> Yes, that is Ryan Howe. Although he did not get in with the WWE, he did make his way to OVW and has become their champion numerous times. It is absolutely amazing. Now, I talk about Ryan Howe, and he's an amazing guy, and he's somebody that I would have loved to have been able to sit down with and just pick his brain one-on-one or two-on-one with Joe and myself while videotaping this, doing an interview. Hmm. We have had this question come up. This is a fan question. We don't get get a lot of them, so I stress to you, if you're watching this and you have a question, ask your question. Send us a, a message on our Facebook, at TBTalkPod, and that's where you find us on Instagram and Twitter as well, at TB Talk Pod. Send us a message over there, and we will get back to you. We definitely will. And especially something like this, the question came up to us, why don't we do interviews much anymore? If you remember, if you've been with us since the beginning, since 2015 is when Turnbuckle Talk started, we were doing interviews galore, whether it was Gunner, Nick Aldis, um, Santino Morella, C.W. Anderson, uh, a whole plethora of different names, Jazzy Gaber or Alpha Female, uh, as as some might know her. I mean, Bryson Scott, yeah. Franco Varga, even recently. Yes, that's right, recently, Franco, oh, Franco Varga. He's an awesome guy. Like, we have done interviews. We definitely have. Joe, I'm going to throw this over to you so yeah. that you can explain to the people why we here at Turnbuckle Talk, as part of the HTM Podcast Network, as part of Love Wrestling, why we don't really do interviews much anymore. So I will start off by saying that 
The views expressed by Mighty Joe might not necessarily be the same or, or be shared by Carl Carefell and the HTM Podcast Network and Love Wrestling. I'll just say wrap the hop. Um, like Carl mentioned, we used to do a lot of interviews, and we've had a lot of great interviews. Like I mentioned, Jeff Jarrett, Teddy Long, Jazzy, just to name a few. We've also had some that have gone horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. Uh, and I, I will not bring up those stories because they're frankly embarrassing to talk about. And some of them should never see the light of day ever again. Um, and, you know, since we've gone to the podcast format, you know, we've had some we've had some good ones but we've probably the biggest issue and one of the main reasons why i'm not particularly fond of doing them is that we've had a lot of people commit to doing interviews for them to fall through for just either no reason given whatsoever or the excuse book gets pulled out different reasons like that. Another aspect of it too, is that, and, I th- and this is where I'm speaking really just for myself. I'm not speaking for Carl for, for anybody else on this one. I find interviews for myself to be a little bit on the boring side because it's so hard, especially with some of these really, really established talents to ask them questions that they've never been asked before. Like I would love to do interviews with some of these guys and, and girls but to have it just be like not about professional wrestling, just talk about like gaming or stuff like that, I would be really, really open to that. But it's so friggin' hard to ask some questions that they've never been asked before. Like, and when you have an interview, and it's like, oh, yeah, well, I've been asked that several times, and that kind of something, you're like, oh, you know, like it's there's people that they're really, really good. Spencer is really, really good at doing interviews, all the props to, to Spencer. I don't find myself to be that that good of them. That's another uh, one of the reasons why I don't like doing them and just the scheduling and getting these people to actually follow through on doing interviews is the other big thing and why I've really kind of steered clear of doing them because especially if you decide to then promote it and then they don't show it sucks. It sucks. You know, and um I think probably like the the last one where I where, where let's say I actually like made the decision for us to kind of stop doing, but we, there was a, I don't want to, I don't want to name names. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus here, but it was a, it was a fairly young tag team uh, that uh, we were going to talk to and like it started off really, really great. And then like right close to when we started doing it, like it just completely fell apart and then, but they were still going to be on and they just no showed and then like didn't give us like any reason why or anything like that. That's my big issue when, when it comes to that. It's like, if, if you can't make something you've committed to, just say something. Say yeah. something. Don't leave us hanging and just not say anything. I can't stand that. Like, just be honest and just say, you know what? Something has come up. Let's reschedule. Let's figure something else out. Then we're cool, right? And then some other interviews too <coughs> that I see kind of go horribly wrong. Probably most notably, I'm sure you must have seen or heard of this one, uh, Hannibal's interview with uh, Wild Bill Irwin, better known as The Goon. Yes. That kind of stuff is another reason why I don't like interviews because to have something that happened like that, <coughs> not speaking for, for him because his content is his content from my viewpoint in my professional stance, I would be ashamed to put on an interview. I would be absolutely ashamed. I know it, it got lots of views and people are like, Oh, this is actually kind of funny. I, I didn't find it funny. 
I didn't find it funny at all. I, I thought it was embarrassing, uh, not only for, for Bill, but for, for Hannibal as well. It's like, this isn't good wrestling content. I know that there's an audience out there that loves it, like the, the Jim Cornette audience that likes the shit. I get it. That's not the kind of content I like to put out. That's not the content that you like to put out. And that's why I stick to my guns and why interviews are few and far between on this program. And uh, why I stick to the, the ones in the blue moon that I know will follow through. Those are the ones that we talked to. As you heard there, Joe was coughing. You know why? Because even this topic and the thought of these people not having the professionalism to even send us a message and say, hey, listen, something's come up. Can we reschedule? Sure. It's nothing for us to put out a post to our fans and to all of you that says, hey, something has come up. We need to reschedule this interview, but we we are hopeful that we can still get this interview and be able to bring this out to you. The thought of that has even made Mighty Joe sick to his stomach to the point where he's coughing. <laughs> can you people believe that? Because that is yeah. the God's honest truth. Yeah. That's the reason why we really don't do interviews too much uh, more any time. Because, I mean... Yeah, Mighty Joe said it all. I mean, it's it's really difficult to be able to do that, to be able to commit to something like that, to have the people committed to it. And, and we are not people in the broadcasting world that want to give you shit content. Yeah. We don't. That's not our game. That's not our MO. We are here to give you guys the best content that we possibly can. We are two Canadian guys who like to do Canadian things, and that's that's being nice. So that's what we try to do. We make yep. sure that we play nice and that we are nice and that we are giving you guys the best Canadian broadcasting professional wrestling content available. That's what we do. And we do not feel... I'm sure I speak for Mighty Joe when I say this. We do not feel... Like, we should have to lower that standard that we try to upkeep and uphold just for an interview. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing air quotations for those that are listening. <laughs> yeah. Interview. Right? So, with that said, sometimes we do grab a really good interview Nine times out of ten, how we do it is we just kind of get a hold of these people and uh, record an interview with them, and then we'll put it out afterwards once we know that we have got it. Once we know that we have secured that interview and have recorded it, that is then when we will shoot out some promotional material about it and then bring it out to you guys. So that's how we would rather do it. So... There you go. That's that. <laughs> I am I'm glad that that somebody asked that because I mean it is something that yes, we did do before for for quite a while. Yep. And I mean it it definitely was fun. I absolutely loved doing it and I mean just being able to talk about uh some of the matches that some of these guys have gone through and and you know different different 
aspects of their career. You know, one of the biggest questions always is, you know, about your favorite match. What's what's your favorite match been, or what's your most emotional match been, or or anything like that, right? And nine times out of ten, we actually got pretty good answers coming out of it. So I'm super thankful that we've been able to do that. Which, you know what, brings us now. To our match of the week. I was, I'll, I'll be honest, I thought we were going to hit the breaking news segment, but we can do it after the match of the week. We can flip it up a little <laughs> bit this week because I actually forgot to actually put it in there because I do have a couple things I want to bring up. But oh, uh, I was getting to it. Okay, cool. Uh, for, for me, for, for match of the week, uh, I'll, I'll maybe uh, I'll, uh, I'll go first uh, for this yeah, week here. Yeah, go first, yeah. Uh, mine is a really good one and comes from our friends over at Ring of Honor. And this can be watched for free on YouTube, and this is one that you definitely want to check out, folks. We're going, we're talking 2016, uh, the Death Before Dishonor show uh, with Ring of Honor 2016, Kazuchika Okada versus Dalton Castle. Mm. This is a match you guys got to check out, right? It's just over 14 minutes long. It is really, 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 really good. Just go watch it. I'll um, even you can even message me, and I'll even message you the the, the link for the the video, and you can go watch it yourself. It, it's a, uh, it's good. It's good. You got to go watch it. There you go. Either message Mighty Joe personally if you have him on the book or of faces, or do it to our Turnbuckle Talk page as well at TB Talk Pod. That's found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. My match of the week this week is coming. Yes, I'm going back to AEW. I was blown away, to be honest, with the Sammy Guevara MJF matchup Ooh. that happened. The build, the storyline, everything that has been going on and happening between MJF and Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho and all of this all in the mix together has been fantastic. I love seeing it. And this matchup was amazing to see i was super happy with it i'm glad i got to watch it um i've been working a lot i've been like like six days a week so it's been hard for me to really catch any professional wrestling on any downtime but i was able to catch this i made a point to watch aew because i know that they have live crowds back so yeah. i 100 wanted to watch it and i'm glad i did especially for that match you hear that vince they've already got live crowds back you're not going to be the first. You're not going to be the first. And New Japan's been doing it too. They definitely have been. Uh, and you know what? That is not. <laughs> well Any breaking news. Well it definitely is not. That's well news that everybody is aware of. But this here now is our breaking news segment. Thanks for joining us for this. You guys heard, just as we came into our Match of the Week segment, that Mighty Joe actually has breaking news, which is odd Mm. because he normally doesn't. So I am intrigued right now, my friend, to tell me what you've got. My two pieces of breaking news definitely fit into what I will term the silly category. Um, Seemingly... The, one of the biggest pieces of breaking news in the professional wrestling business is that John Moxley has shaved his head. So there's that. Wow. So there's that. Moving on from that, 
Uh, Vince McMahon has uh, been quoted about how he reportedly feels about the Eva Marie slash Dewdrop storyline. Again, Dewdrop. Awful, awful name. Even the way it's spelled. Um, if you want some extracurricular activity while you're listening to the audio podcast of this, go to Google, type in, or go to the Urban Dictionary, type in Dewdrop, and you'll learn why we all think that this is a stupid name for a character. It's, it's even spelled the same way, guys. Um, <laughs> Vince quoted us saying, the story was told to me. No, sorry, the story I was, the, the story that, See, the, the way that they typed it is, this, this is the, the way that they worded it. The story I was told to me was, so that doesn't even make, the story that, <laughs> should say, the story that was told to me was, is even that doesn't make sense. The story that he was told, he said he wasn't sold on the idea, but let's do it. That's what he said. He's like, I don't oh. think it's a great idea, but we'll do it. Okay. Maybe stick with your instincts, Vince. Vince. Maybe right. stick with your instincts. Because it's not good, right? No. And we and we've we've voiced this. Other people, our friends on our other platforms, have voiced this. This is another instance of WWE not respecting the intelligence of their fans <coughs> that watch their own network. Again, I'm coughing because I'm disgusted by this, this bullshit. Everybody knows that she is Piper Niven, but yet we're going to call her Dewdrop. This is once again where we need to have the department of what the F <laughs> we need to have somebody competent in that position to go. No, uh, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that because it's stupid. And this fits into the stupid category. Very, very much so. Yes. Yes, it does. You know what I have for breaking news this week? What you got? I have absolutely nothing, but I will say <laughs> that, um, Fantastic. The, uh, the Prime Minister of Canada was here in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, where I am located today, and I believe he made it out alive, surprisingly. Nice. And uh, that's about all that I really have for breaking news. I will say... Guys, you, you guys are, are always so awesome with us, and, and I really appreciate everyone that comes on here that leaves their comments that will even send me messages personally after <laughs> the shows or after they've listened to it that text me that get a hold of me somehow to talk about these shows. And, and I'm, I'm really, really thankful for that. But something that we need to do is, is we need to make sure that other people are hearing those voices as well. Mm-hmm. People like our friends at Dr. Pepper, yes. our non-sponsored Dr. Pepper. Yep. Okay. So I've been tagging them in uh, pretty much all the shows that we have been doing. And uh, you guys don't have to because, I mean... <laughs> As much as, as Dr. Pepper is amazing, I think I can take control and take handle of that, hopefully. Yeah. But I want you guys to make sure that you are sharing things out and that you guys are inviting your friends to come and listen as well. Because that is definitely what helps us out. And I am super thankful that each and every one of you do that. I will say while Carl takes a drink of his non-sponsored Dr. Pepper, uh, back briefly on the Justin Trudeau thing, I will say something positive about him. Well, I'll I'll wait while everybody's head explodes for half a second there. Um, he does. Got, I saw him getting his uh, second COVID uh, vaccine dose, which I have done too, uh, and uh, that like knocked me on my ass for like an entire day. 
but uh, I'm, I feel much better now. Uh, I saw the video footage of him getting that needle, and I will say he has a really, really cool Aboriginal uh, tattoo on his on his uh, upper left arm. That is a really sick looking tattoo. I will give uh, the man some credit. Good taste in tattoo work, sir. Good taste. Very interesting. I thought that you were going to go with the norm and say he has nice hair. <laughs> I, I will say the the the, the man uh, the man has some pretty fabulous looking hair. I mean he's a he's a pretty dapper looking gentleman there. He definitely is. Thank you to Dr. Pepper for not sponsoring and allowing me to drink this during the show each and every week. And thank you to StreamYard as well. You guys are viewing this live as it happens because of StreamYard, an amazing platform. Go and check them out, StreamYard.com. If you're going to be doing any type of live stream, this is the place to do it. Very, very well-priced for doing this. Thank you so much. And right now, you know what? We're going to hear from our amazing sponsor, the ones that we are proud to say that we are the first sponsored podcast from these people. Wrestling. A love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand the wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. The dictionary defines hero as a person who is admired or idealized for courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities. Being a hero in life is far more than words printed on a page. It takes an unwavering code, a compass that points true north always. And in times like these, it takes sacrifice. Hero shouldn't be a word defined by a dictionary. It's a word that should be defined by the best of us. Hero has a new definition. And a big thank you goes out to Al Snow, Rod Hicks, and the entire team over at CollarAndElbowBrand.com. You know what's pretty amazing? We talked at the beginning of this episode about our good friend Bubba Duke over at the Boar's Nest. Go and take a look at his Facebook page. You know why? Because he did an unboxing of some amazing gear that he was able to get from collarandelbowbrand.com and he even saved money on that purchase by using our promo code JK podcast that's right J like Joe K like Carl podcast at the checkout he saved himself an entire 10% off that entire purchase so i mean it was absolutely amazing the gear that he got and the things that he got um go and check that out so that you can uh see everything that he got from collar and elbow brand.com and how he saved money by using that promo code jk 
podcast. I see Mighty Joe kind of itching away a little bit right there. I think he's got something before we move on to our final segment here. So, Mighty Joe, you look like you got something on your mind. Talk to me, brother. Yeah, just one quick uh, housekeeping thing before we get to our showstopper segment. I, I actually, during our caller and elbow break, I, I got a little bit of uh, feedback, uh, a couple of messages from a couple of people saying that uh, uh, they're not seeing us on Twitch. And uh, we will take care of that before uh, next week's episode. I think what's happened is it's not linked properly to our Twitch account. We will address that and hopefully get back over with our friends on Twitch because I know there's a fair amount of people that like to watch us on Twitch. We will resolve that issue for you guys. Perfect. Thank you very much to everyone that did send a message over to Mighty Joe to let him know about this issue. We really do appreciate that. Anytime that you're seeing something that is uh, seems kind of off, definitely message us. We appreciate that greatly. So now is the time. And one of the favorite parts of the show for a lot of people, ladies and gentlemen, this is... Our showstopper segment this week. This is a a, a pretty big uh, showstopper segment, and something that that je- even just recently, as of this past Wednesday night, happened, and seems to be getting a lot of possibly unfair criticism mm-hmm. uh, from the fans and that's over commentary slip ups. Let me premise this for you by saying that this past Wednesday at the end of AEW Dynamite, Jim Ross had said uh, something along the lines of, and make sure you join us every Wednesday for WWE Dynamite. A slip up that uh, I noticed and I had to rewind and, and watch again because I'm like, did that actually just happen? And then I recorded it on my phone and sent it over to Mighty Joe. And, uh, I mean, then, like, we saw it blow up on on social media. That brings us to our Showstopper segment today. So thank you, Mighty Joe, for, uh, for choosing that as a Showstopper segment. Mm-hmm. An absolute fantastic one. What have you been seeing when it comes to the, uh, the internet wrestling community <laughs> on this topic of commentary slip-ups? So, first of all, right off the hop, all right, everybody needs to calm their tits when it comes to this whole deal, all right? JR is getting up there in age. He spent the majority of his career doing commentary for WWE, all right? It was an honest mistake. I'm seeing things like, this old man should stop doing commentary. Um, some people, the conspiracy theorists saying, oh, this is proof that WWE and AEW are in cohorts, cahoots together, and all kinds of stupid nonsense. All kind. This is one reason why I despise social media sometimes. It is such a toxic uh, place for some of this kind of stuff and just a breeding ground for a lot of hate and negativity when it comes to this. Folks, this was an honest mistake by one of the better broadcasters in the business. We're not talking like Mike Adamly kind of nonsense kind of stuff here or other people that, 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 that uh, are, were like obviously bad. JR is a professional. It was a mistake. Get over yourselves. Get over yourself. Stop trying to make a big deal of this to get your three seconds of fame on social media at the expense of JR. 
right? Because it's just, it's, you're wasting your time. Let's just put it that way. You're wasting your, your time. You know, commentary slip-ups. Like, like, this is something that's been going on for a long time. Like, I had mentioned Mike Adamley. That they actually took that, and cleverly so, turned it into a storyline. They realized that they had a goofball on their hands, and they rolled with it. And thankfully, he had a sense of humor and went along with it as well, right? Which made that whole deal work. You know, it's... <coughs> we need to keep in mind, right? We need to keep in mind with this. Doing commentary for professional wrestling under normal circumstances at an indie show is very, very challenging. Carl can attest to that. Other people that, that I know yes. can attest to that. I've never had the opportunity to do it myself. It's on my bucket list of things to do. Now, picture that on the biggest stage that, that you can possibly think of. Live, national television that is also broadcasted around the world that is a lot of pressure and depending on what show you're on you also have a yammering sphincter in your ear the whole time as well telling you what to do it is not easy folks mistakes happen it's we're live pal right like um like the the famous line goes we're live and that's that's the thing live doing anything like that live in front of of a camera or even just with a microphone in front of your mouth Slip-ups happen. Uh, uh, when we do here, uh, I have uh, we all have, Carl and I both have occasional little slip-ups. I, I'm, I'm surprised that it happened more often. It's, it's, <laughs> we're, we're doing this live on the fly, right? Yeah. It, it's, it's not an easy thing. So for those who are just shitting on this, like I said, for just to get some kind of satisfaction for themselves, it, it's kind of shameful, honestly. Um, I'd like to see even just a fraction of those people try for themselves and see how well they do. I can guarantee you that they will do even worse than that That uh, guy that they had very briefly on AEW there. They had him on for one match, and I don't know if he lied on his resume or what, but they were like, see you later, right? right. Most of those people would do even worse than that guy. So before, you know what? I'm really going to dust off an old day. I'm really going to I'm really going to uh, age myself with this one here. I'm going to pull out an Eric Clapton line for this one. You know, if uh, before you accuse me, take a look take a look at yourself. That's from an Eric Clapton uh, song. Before you accuse me, take a look at yourself. Very much so, and that is something that it goes all the way back to. If you believe in it, the Bible. Even in the Bible, it says, "Don't you know? Don't look at the uh, uh, the thorn in my eye before you look at the uh, plank in yours." Like, come on, people! The guy went two hours of a show without a slip up, yeah. and yet that is the only thing you're talking about is a little slip up at the end of a show. Come on, yeah. are we not better than this in the professional wrestling community? I think we are, to be honest with you. I definitely think we are. Now, if this is something that you really want to try to get your fame for, which really doesn't happen, you don't get any fame out of it, um, start your own podcast and spew your negativity if you want. You know how many people are going to listen? A very small handful, to be honest with you. A very small handful are even going to care about your opinion on that. Unless you're Jim Cornette. Now, I'm not saying that my opinion is the best opinion or that it is the one that matters, but, I mean, I'm not out there 
throwing hate and throwing shade over a mistake. So come on, people. We are better than that in this wrestling community. 100% we are. To bring this full circle, I'm just yeah. getting to, to wrap up the show because I think we, we wrapped up that showstopper segment quite nicely. But to build slightly off of, of what you just mentioned, bringing it slightly back to our fan question of why we don't do interviews anymore, anymore, I would very much, Carl, rather, and I hope, I, I know you would agree with me on this one, I would rather put out really, really excellent content for 10 people than put out hate-filled bullshit to a thousand people. That's my philosophy. Some people might say that that's flawed thinking. Oh, you can have a bigger audience if you do stupid stuff. Not going to happen. That's, I will uh, stick by my integrity and it is what it is. Right. Yeah. Oh yes. Because I know I, I watch some other stuff. I know like Cornette and some of these other kind of guys, that's what they go for. That works for them. Fine. That's not what we're about. End of the day. Definitely is not. What we're about is bringing you guys good content, making sure we try to get some good sponsorship codes for you like we have for collarandelbowbrand.com. I've talked enough about our sponsors. Mighty Joe, I want (laughs) you to talk about a little bit about lovewrestling.ca and what we have coming up for our fans of Turnbuckle Rewind. A few things I want to hit on. First, definitely Turnbuckle Rewind. Uh, This past week, if uh, in case you missed it, which I forget what the acronym, Jarek was much better at this than I am. You could probably name that off the top of his head. I can't at the moment because I'm tired and it's been a long day. But last week, if you want to check out our Rewind match, of course we did from 1988, Hogan versus Andre in the cage. Excellent. Go and listen to that and go watch the match itself. Coming up this week, we're going completely different. Right? We're, we're going on a nice little fun nostalgic trip from WrestleMania 17, the Gimmick Battle Royal. It's going to be a fun little time. It's not a very long match, but it's entertaining. And uh, we're going to have a hoot talking about it. And I hope you guys are going to enjoy listening to us talk about it. And uh, hopefully you can find some way to kind of watch it. Go check it on the network if you have it. Um, This past week, I want to make mention to another piece of Love Wrestling content in case you guys missed it as well. You just, you, you absolutely have to, and you have to go watch the video version of this. Go find the video version of the last episode of Between Two Beards, Spencer versus Josh, Brad versus Sean. They settle the the debate, and it's really, really, really good. You guys, you guys need to go watch that. Um, and of course, this episode, I've I'm not quite sure what JPJ and uh, Plugo have in mind. I'm the producer over there, and they haven't told me yet. So that tells me that they probably have something really cool planned. And uh, looking forward to that again this week. And then just on top of everything else that's going on over there, and then of course our friends over at the HTM Podcast Network, Jargo and Rick are back. They did actually two episodes this past week. Really, really good there too. They uh, they talked about some very some very hot button issues going on currently in the landscape of uh, just um, politically and socially. Some really good stuff there. You guys need to go check out as well. And we're a part of both of those things, and it's just really cool to be uh, uh, with two families now. Where we're with two families, and it's very very cool. And of course, I guess you could technically say we're part of three families because we're also syndicated over at indiepw.com as well. You can find us all over the place. 
pretty crazy. All over the place. Pretty crazy. All you got to do is use the Google machine and look up Turnbuckle Talk. Look for that amazing looking Bullet Club inspired logo and you will find us. I do want to say a huge thank you. Wow. Last month. We went through and uh, did some great stuff for the Trevor Project over at lovewrestling.ca. We aimed for $1,000. We raised $2,272 in total for the Trevor Project over at lovewrestling.ca. Stay tuned, guys. This is not the last time we're going to do something for an amazing uh, partner of love wrestling i mean technically they're not a partner but i mean they they become an honorary partner of love wrestling when we are helping to raise funds for some of these great uh places here to my understanding we are still vying and trying to do something for october of this year so be on the lookout for that. When things are going to be announced for that, I don't know just yet, but October is not that far away now, people. So be on the lookout for that, and uh, and hopefully you guys can open up your hearts again and uh, yeah. be able to help support whatever cause we decide to do over at lovewrestling.ca. Uh, cool thing you did mention, Googling Turnbuckle Talk. Well, while you were just talking, I actually logged in. Well, I actually logged out of Google, put it in incognito mode, and typed in Turnbuckle Talk. And you go to images, and we're the first thing that comes up. So you you know you've you kind of arrived when when you do a Google search and you're the first search result that comes up. Pretty uh, pretty dope, as the kids would say. I don't know. I'm not hip with the kids as I used to be. Thank you so much again to everybody who has watched, listened, and supported this show over the years. We are Turnbuckle Talk. We have been here since 2015, and we are going to continue on strong. Use that hashtag anytime that you post something for us. Hashtag Turnbuckle Talk since 2015. Make that thing go viral if you can for me. That would be awesome on you guys and awesome for us. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, again so much for your support. That's Mighty Joe over there. I'm Carl Carafel. Thank you so much for watching. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I'd like everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. We have content, especially up by the flagship show. You can find that all at HittingTheMarks.com. Run. And we... Love wrestling. wrestling.